I'm Joe Normal, and you're watching Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen and Scott Guitarmasisenko. Have a rockin' day. so young and handsome in that picture now we're old and gray welcome to season seven everyone uh we're very excited about this one this is one of my favorite things to do um scott and i will be talking about what we've done and we want to thank all the folks who got us through season six we're in season seven now and one of the earlier season guests charles larita over at mischief studios he's still our sponsor and we're greatly appreciative uh for the support we get uh, for Mischief Studios. They have everything you need in Pennington, New Jersey. That says lessons, recordings, and repairs. They also sell instruments. Uh, fabulous place. Scott went and visited there. He had some work done. So thanks so much for the support of our friend Charles Lorita of Mischief Studios. 2023, I can't believe I'm talking to you in 2024, was the best year in the history of Guitar Tales. Um, maybe my favorite part of that year was the fantastic announcement that Scott now co-hosts all the shows with us now. Uh, that's my favorite part. And he's in the uh, metaphoric uh, green room cheering like this, which is uh, really noteworthy. Uh, we, we had, we counted 18 guests, uh, which was just more than we've ever had in any season at all. And with that, Scott, why don't you come in? I, we just have to hit the ground running on this one. I'm going to give you the high sign, everybody. Does anybody know what this is? <laughs> do, you know, do you know the high sign? No. Oh. No, I don't. All right. Well, it's from the Little Rascals. It doesn't matter. If, you, if you're listening on your, on your uh, iPhone. Yeah. Right? Or your. One of these things. iCar. Car i. What is it? Apple iPlay. That's a- Apple I'm, Play. Apple that's what Play. I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I sound incredibly unhip right now. You um, do. <laughs> and you are. Where you can listen to us, you could watch us if you so dare on YouTube. Oh, you uh, could do this. Wait, let's see. Hey Siri, play Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen. Can't hear it. Right, it's playing, but we can't Cause, hear cause it because the volume is there. Down. It is. There's the Eddie Van Halen tribute show oh, playing right great, now. That, that's a great show. See, it's that easy. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, I have the sound off, but that you could do that, and you could do it with an Amazon speaker too. Yeah, yeah, I do it all the time because I. I actually listen to our shows, believe it or not. <laughs> I do too. I'm I listen drugs. to them more often when I'm on it. But okay. yeah. Now, Aaron uh, just uh, yelled at me in the pre-show for slurping. I will try not to. Oh, I'm doing dry January. I'm having a decaf tea. How exciting is that? It is. So, you know, I, I listen to the show all the time. But here's one of the things before we really launch into all the guests. And I'm going to probably to some extent follow your lead because you have all sorts of really, really great clips in front of us here's yeah. something i've noticed so we started the show a drop less than four years ago oh five years ago five years ago because we started in 2019 yeah might, and um we would do a show i think i love I, I loved and remain proud of our content i really do and you and i would get excited wow we had four or five people watch <laughs> and, and by the way that is not 
hyperbole. That is, you and I would get excited if we have ten or fifteen views. We get reports now, and you know, on Facebook, it'll say you've reached three quarters of a million people this month. That's that's unbelievable. So, um, you know, before we even thank our guests, just the folks who appreciate what we appreciate, that's where the thanks really belongs. Yeah, we're doing it for you guys. It's a te- it's totally a labor of love. I mean, I think uh, YouTube sent us a check for $45 last month. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw you sent me $12 <laughs> the other day. I had to divide day. in half and then pay off yeah. uh, a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. I have 19 shows on the list here that we did in 2023. Oh, we did 19. Um, yeah, well, some of them were, um, maybe it was 18 shows, but some of them were what we call intermezzo shows, right? We yep. started doing shows just you and I to kind of bridge the gap between between uh, guests. And uh, in the learning curve, you find out as the guy that gets a lot of the guests, I found out that the more famous you are, the longer it takes to nail down a guest, right? Yeah. So, so we ended up with these long pauses between shows and we're like we got we got to do something because every time dave and i get on the phone everybody yeah we are basically doing a show <laughs> it is you know we have to hang up on each other <laughs> like, because don't we're talk, doing don't a, talk. <laughs> we're doing a show we did it today we did it today we were talking about something we had to hang up on each other uh i was out with a friend the other night and we were talking about uh the stones and the who right and, and she said you can't really compare the stones are in rarefied air and, or the, the Beatles, I'm sorry. And then, then you have everyone else. And mm-hmm. I said, we're doing a show. Yeah, exactly. You know, Abort, abort. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So in 2023, uh, the, the, sh- the short version of the story is, well, actually, in 2022, we had the Tone King on, who yes. spoke very highly of the great Phil X, who we all know and love, who's now playing guitar for Bon Jovi for quite a number of years now, maybe like 12 years or something. Um, but anyway, he told us in the interview that Phil was a guy you'd want to have a beer with. So we, we took that clip and we put it up there and Phil saw it. Right. And then one thing led to another and he goes, I would love to be on your show. And we were totally like, which was okay. And, and I'm and, thinking there's no yeah. way we're going to get him and he'll probably drag his feet and he has management. We'll have to go through email after email after email. Well, it turned out that we got it together very, very quickly, and he was excited to do the show. So he was our very first guest of 2023. It was like a big announcement. Yep. And, and he's a two-timer. He's a two-timer with yeah, us. Yeah, and then he came back and did the Van Halen special. He was only too excited and happy to talk about the great Eddie Van Halen. Uh, he's sort of a Eddie Van, Eddie Van Halen aficionado and an Eddie Van Halen asshole, self-proclaimed. He said that he, yep, he, he did. calls he people did. out that don't play his shit right or have a terrible tone or, you know, yep. and he talked about that on the show and that was really uh, candid and enlightening and a lot of fun. And we even got Mike Anthony. That's what I was about to, to say. Comment, right. It, it, about some of the shots that we had. It was so cool. So um, Scott texts me um, shortly after we did our show and he was shaking. Scott <laughs> was shaking and soon I was. And he said, Michael Anthony, I think he gave us an emoji or he hit a like or something like that. He commented on Phil. He was basically commenting to Phil because Phil and Mike sort of know each other and they've jammed together and stuff. Yeah. Um, But he knows we exist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So one quarter of Van Halen, the original lineup, knows that this show exists. And and you and I were on cloud nine an entire day like little kids. And there's no way he probably saw it. But, of course, I threw Instagram messaging and he probably gets 
thousands and thousands of messages every yeah. day. But I did put out there, you know, open invite. If you ever want to come on and talk about cars and hot sauce and stuff. You know, one of the things we do on the show, Dave, as you know, is we don't really, a lot of times we won't hone in on what somebody's particularly famous for. No. We like to hear some backstory. You know, what did you do before you were in Van Halen? Or, you know, I don't know what we would talk to Michael about, but it wouldn't be an all Van Halen show. We would no. we'd be more interested in his rise to fame as an individual artist and what he's up to now with his hot sauces and everything. Yeah, and, and, you know, we we had, I actually, I, I can't mention the show because I'm about to diss another interviewer, but we had a show that we were both very excited about. So we were prepping for it. And I, and I saw an interview of this same guest and it's basically like they took this, the, the resume and just read it through it. So you did this in 1971 and then you did this in 1975. What, what happened? And it was just, it was yeah. very boring um well i i know what i like that. i know what i yeah. like to watch i mean i'm let's say i'm a huge van halen fan i i feel like i know all the van halen stories already yeah i yeah. want to know what goes on and we're going to talk about paul nelson who was on our show who's a grammy winning blues artist blues guitar player who played many years with johnny winter right right and every interview i've seen with paul no disrespect was all about him and johnny him and johnny how's johnny what's johnny like you know, what about Paul Nelson? <laughs> right. And he turned out to be a great guy. And, and he had a lot phenomenal to say. guy. Yeah. You know? And he gave us the insights into what it's like to travel and, and yeah. be at a lot of medium-sized venues and, and an what that world is like. Tour list. This tour is like insane. Yeah. And he works so hard, that gentleman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 as all the guests, he uh starts the show as a stranger and he walks out as a friend. Right. Yeah, you know. We've been invited. We haven't gone to any of these shows yet, but we we do get invited to uh, hang out backstage. I want to see. I want to see uh, Becky Baldwin in the UK. That's that's a trip I'd like to make. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> and her band Fury. Yeah, or uh, we both want to see Plush. We keep course, missing them when they come Mika to Jersey. Plush, yeah. A two timer, two time guest. Always on a work weekend. Always on. Always. Yeah. Can't, can't go for one reason or another, and yeah. this year will be no different. They're on tour again. And uh, they're coming to town, and I will be busy. Maybe you can go. April 25th in, I believe, Newark. I, I will try to go. Yeah, yeah. But I saw that come up. And I know the, when they were at Atlantic City, if I look out that window, I could see Atlantic City from where mm -hmm. I live, and I wasn't able to make it. Right, and that's something. A handful of months ago. But, yeah, they would be great. So let's start with Phil and work our way down the list. Um, yeah. And we could talk about Mariah and uh, Becky and everybody else and Paul. Yeah. Uh, so when we got Phil on, we, 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 we would be amiss if we didn't talk about Bon Jovi at all. I mean, we did yeah. delve into a little bit, you know, how he got the gig and what happened. But I think you asked the question, um, you know, were you overwhelmed at what did you at any all point? Right. Say, yep. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. This is crazy. Who the hell can sub for Sam Bora? That that's nuts. I can't do it. And he, and he had a, like, he had a moment. And yeah. we do have a video clip for us here. Let's uh, have a look at that. This is way too much work. And and I might not even get called. I'm going to be this guy on the side that is there just in case. You were the understudy. Right. So as that happened, I was like, ah, screw it. I'm not doing it. You know, throw the guitar down, put the TV on, put HBO on. And there's a Bon Jovi documentary. Wow. So that was the sign. That, that was okay. 
Yeah, I guess I'm doing it. Okay. John called and said, hey, Bill. And I didn't answer the phone because it was a strange number, right? Unknown. Right, right. And then the message is, Phil X, John Bon Jovi calling. I'm calling. <laughs> that was that was great. I just left again. Yeah. I love assuming he's not embellishing the story, which I I bet he's not. No, I, I I'm guarantee calling. John called. I'm calling. Said, you know, he said I might call you or something. I think he told us in the interview, and then, um, you know, <laughs> it was a weird number, so he didn't answer, and it, and it was John. Yeah. You know, like the most important phone call of the last of his 10 life. Years. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Henry Vaccaro story, which we, we talked a little bit about on the Van Halen episode, although much more when we had the full um, Henry Vaccaro interview or just a chance meeting. Yeah, I have that in an airport. We're going to play that clip. At, oh, we uh, are good. All right. So I, I won't ruin it. then. <laughs> hey, by the way, I don't know if I told you this about speaking of John Bon Jovi. Uh, let's see. Today is the 14th. So in 11 days. I get my training to volunteer in the John Bon Jovi um, soul oh, kitchen. Wow. Oh, so wow. assuming they don't reject me for being too old, I'll, <laughs> I'll be volunteering there uh, to cook I, I for know. folks. I don't know if there's an age requirement, but you're certainly not too old to help your fellow man, David. All right, good. Well, I'm all excited. <laughs> I already took, I actually took one online uh, class and got a certificate. And whenever I'm not lawyering and doing this, hopefully I can go over there and uh, do some cooking for folks who are in need. So I'm excited about that, but that cool. That, so that's just uh, in 11 days from when we're taping right so you're now. Planting yourself in the Bon Jovi camp and helping out. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm excited cool. about that. Yeah. So after Phil, we had Mariah <laughs> Formica, who we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, super talented singer, just off the t- charts, um, super nice and amazing and down to earth. And her band Plush is really, oh my become god, a sm- an acorn and is growing into a tree, right? They're, yeah, they're I, I really think if you're having a conversation about the best young hard rock acts in the United States, 100% of the time they will be in the conversation mm-hmm. now, you know, yeah. probably in the top two or three in the country right now. Yeah, I think we, you know, we're following the trajectory of her career is really, yeah, really amazing. And, and their cover of uh, Hearts Barracuda is blowing up, and it's that good. So, and speaking of that. If you're watching this show, um, just Google it, uh, Plush Barracuda Cover. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has the right balance between putting a little bit, just a little bit of their own flavor into it, but being so respectful mm-hmm. of the instrumentation and the vocals of the original that it's it's a tribute, but it, it is plush. Yeah. It's not a cover band doing it. It, it, it is plush, but they, they I, it, it's just amazing to me how they found the perfect balance for it. And I've listened to it a handful of times. Their voice is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Her voice is reminiscent of a, of a young Nancy Wilson. It really is. It's, Uh, it's off the charts. Good. Nancy Wilson. I get them confused sometimes. And Anna Nancy. I I always forget which one. Nancy's the guitar player. Yeah. Hey, before we do the clip. Yeah. Do you, I I know you've seen it when, uh, when those two do uh, stairway to heaven at Kennedy honors. Oh, amazing. are you capable of not tearing up when you watch it when they nope. focus in on Robert Plant and he has like that little tear it's coming? It's a weird in. thing. Like it's always yeah. something gets in my eye. I, it must be yeah. the environment that I'm watching. It is. It's just yeah. yeah there's a lot of wind in yeah. your living room when you're watching. <laughs> I it. like I like when he goes this with his finger under his nose. Like I don't know what that does. Yeah, that, maybe he's trying to stop a, it. That doesn't stop you from crying. No, it, not so, me anyway. Mariah was is also uh, involved in the TSO tour, Trans Siberian Orchestra tour. A and, big uh, big deal. We surprised her with a little clip from her show, and she was 
humble and embarrassed to watch it, but we put it on anyhow. So. And it was so cute. This is the clip. <laughs> yeah. TSO performance. One of your TSO performances, Trans-Siberian oh. Orchestra. We're, <laughs> really? We're going to go there? Oh, we're going right <laughs> there. We are, Mariah. <laughs> went right there that is amazing absolutely amazing. I, I are you actually blushing you. no <laughs> <laughs> that high note at the end gave yes. me the chills yeah i got them just I'm now start doing this. yeah that's right yeah we're not crying right now yeah, and, 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 I, and i'm proud of us because the origin of uh, Mariah was that we both saw her on the internet. She she had um, a clip with um, someone else, and they had two or three million views. You went and got her as a guest, which was just absolutely amazing. And yeah, she- I, I didn't think we were going to be able to get her either. Uh, yeah, you know, because these rising stars they're so busy mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to make it uh, and and get on the uh, footprint of America. Um, that they're often touring harder and heavier and working harder than established artists in many cases, I think. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. And they have so much at stake and and there's different kinds of guests we have. um, And we take it very seriously here. We'll have guests like, you know, season one, maybe the second or third guest we had was Nixon's head. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and they're folks who are our age and they've been, you know, the band has, has a bunch of EPs and, and straight up albums, but if they had a bad interview, it's okay because they're not reliant upon success at every single interview. And then we have guests on where, you know, we recognize like a Mariah for Mika and so many others we've had where this is their only career. This is their main career. Yeah. And you and I, I mean, Scott works so hard behind the scenes to get the clips, to get the Thanks. pictures. Oh, thank you. The research, I mean, I'll do a little research, but Scott does more. And when we have the guests, I mean, we do it with all guests, but especially those folks where we want to make sure that, you know, we give them a platform to showcase how wonderful they are. uh, It's as critical as any important work event for anyone who's watching. Absolutely. You know, and and Mariah, we, we took that very seriously. We asked her to do a cover of Walking on Sunshine by Katrina the Waves. I don't know yeah, how we right. came across that. I'm, I, I'm, every time she posts something, I'm like, "Where's my Katrina and the Waves song?" It would be so great if they <laughs> would right. plush. So, with the, remember, everybody, yeah. if they do that song, if they cover that song, it becomes a huge hit, which I know it will. Yeah. <laughs> Dave and I want credit on the back of the record. That's, That's right. We do. We do want credit. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of young guns and young 
rocking females, we had Liz Roberts of Girl Bossa Nova on after that. And tell us the backstory how we got Liz. So I went, uh, I, I know some family members of Liz, and I went to see her band at the infamous Stone Pony. Have you ever been there, Scott? Mm, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, Scott's played there many, many times. Um, so has the boss and <laughs> uh, Southside Johnny. It's just, it, it's, I've been to the Whiskey A Go Go and other great venues. This is my favorite venue I've ever been to. So I, I saw Liz Roberts over at Girl Bossa Nova over, um, at the stone pony. And I was so appreciative uh, of the theme that, that we've talked about on this show. And it, it was just, it was just on Facebook. Scott was eliciting some really great questions. And uh, my old friend, Nicole Longo did a bunch of responses and she listed a bunch of great semi younger bands who are sort of carrying the flame or the torch. Yeah. But Liz is a kid. Uh, she's not the youngest we've had, but She's maybe 22, something like that, and her bandmates are similar in age. I think but Sierra Levique uh, wins the yeah, She's the youngest, right? I, I couldn't she's get her name. Thank you. 10 years old or something. Yeah, she's a, and she's a true another Bumblefoot. artist that's really... And she learns about. under Bumblefoot, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ron is her, is her guitar teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I went to see them, and they were raw. It was probably 70% originals. Um, and then when they did covers, they were interesting covers of, you know, the, you know, not atypical stuff, but they are, they are a real band. Uh, they're self-effacing, they have great lyrics, um, and every so often, and they were always good. They really were. Um, but every so often their rhythm section would just, they, they would just be in a zone and it was really cool to watch for, for young folks. Um, and, and it was just driving, it would really drive and they've got, um, aggressive vocals. Liz is fantastic on guitar and, and you know, it, it was just really nice to see, mm. um, the show and we'll play, I don't even know what the clip is yet and that's okay. I don't have, I don't have, a, I, that, unfortunately I don't have a, a clip of Liz's. Oh, that's okay. But you know, here, just, I don't know why I couldn't find one. I know we have one. I just couldn't find it. Oh, that's sure. fine. But but here's what was really cool about that show. Uh, because, you know, Liz is 22. We did a Van Halen show where, you know, the folks in Van Halen, upper 60s right now, those who are still with us, right? Mm -hmm. And we ended up having a really good side discussion about misogyny, mm -hmm. you know? And, and and the way women are treated and have been treated, and although it's better now in, in the world of rock, it ain't fixed. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, so here I have a very young um, person on the show who gave us some really wonderful insights um, into what it's like to be a young woman as opposed to a young man who's making her way in rock and roll and not doing it in the way you know like an old scorpion video kind of way or yeah, something yeah. like that or a lita ford kind of way and and no disrespect to lita ford but times are different now mm -hmm. and and they're doing it the right way but it's a challenge and you know i went into the interview almost expecting on my end um to do the kind of interview that i just criticized about 15 minutes ago on this show where i just sort of worked my way down right. resume and we called it a day and that's not where we went oh well that's the beauty of the show every yeah. once in a while we we tap into something yeah that we weren't yeah. we didn't see coming uh you know and 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 a lot of those shows i was behind the scenes and i was sending you little notes and stuff 
Oh, you always do. And you correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> Which is easier now that I'm actually on screen. <laughs> I know. I know. You're going to say, Dave, you're fucking up. I had, a, I had to have at least one bad word today. That's okay. Liz refreshing. She was fantastic. And, yeah. and now I don't listen to male rock and roll lyrics the same way anymore. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some bad male lyrics. She's not ruin it for me, but I go, yeah. Ooh, you know, if I was a chick, that's a little... Oh, you mean like the Beatles? She was just 17. <laughs> this, you yeah, know, that's 16, some... 17. Yeah. Yeah. So after we had Liz on, we had uh, a marvelous uh, electric violinist and, a, and really an accomplished musician. Just oh, yeah. Juilliard level. It, I yeah. think we did go there, right? Did... Oh, yes. He did go to, yeah, Juilliard High School or Middle School yeah. Juilliard. Yeah. Doreen was on this year and, um, he he alluded to a story that goes, wow, I don't know if I should tell this story. And he did. Um, it was amazing. We'll talk about after we view this clip um, yeah. where he lays eyes on the very first electric guitar. He was very had a very structured uh, childhood where he wasn't allowed to listen to a certain kind of music. A strong mom. Yeah. That's what I remember. To to classical and they were kind yeah. of gearing him towards this life of a classical musician and rock and roll had other plans and here's like right out of a movie and i had a friend um who got a an electric guitar for his 13th birthday and um i remember going over his house and he was showing it to me and um it was it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen and the reason that it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen is because my upbringing was so strict that I wasn't even allowed to listen to anything other than classical music. Gotcha. Like it was pretty, you know, like that's extreme, right? And it is. Know, I, the only thing that I knew before I started to like venture outside of the boundaries that my parents had set was like they had some Simon and Garfunkel records. Okay. Record collection. And I was like, wow, that kind of has a beat, you know? And I was like, oh, right. wow, that's kind of cool so when they would go out and like put those records on i mean that that is extraordinary yeah I mean, again it's the coolest thing he's ever seen <laughs> it is it and the story he he shared with us a story he had never shared with anyone right yeah go but, ahead you can tell it yeah so he sees this amazing guitar at, at his school so he is at Juilliard, or I think I don't think it was a Juilliard type school. I think, I think it might have been a high school. Yeah, it was Juilliard Prep, or the he was riding his bike to school or something. Yeah. Right. So he takes an electric guitar, puts it in the garbage bag. Take, take would be another word. Steel would be another. Steel might be a fair <laughs> characterization, and he secrets it home via bicycle. Um, and then when mom and dad or mom isn't yeah. around, he's secretly yeah. playing. Yeah, he's hiding the guitar in the closet. Yeah, it was like Footloose, <laughs> you know? Unbelievable story. And then he eventually did get caught, and they, they found their piece. Uh, but he did say that he finally, I think she heard him playing or she found the guitar. But he stole an electric guitar. So talk about love of rock and roll. And, and I'll share with you my favorite observation of or my he favorite did, memory. Did, yeah. I think he did give it back, though. He right? did. He did give it back. And then he got his own guitar. Yeah. yeah. My favorite takeaway, that's the word. My favorite takeaway from that show, you saw the clip. That guy looks like he's right out of Hollywood. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, he's like model handsome. And, and he has the face of almost like a high school like quarterback who's like mean yeah. to everyone. And I had this expectation 
that he wouldn't be a nice, vulnerable human being. Right. And I was, we were still interested in having him on yeah. because he's off the charts talented. Right. He's, he scores movies and things like that. Well, again, this is one yeah. of our hallmarks that we have. Yeah people you never heard of i mean yeah i i discovered dorian um just scrolling around on the internet and tiktok and stuff i'm like who is this guy he's fantastic he's so good he's fantastic. and, and, then, and then we took a look at him and he's like yeah i'll come on and talk about electric violin we use a guitar show I'm like don't worry about that we're yeah we're trying to expand a little bit <laughs> right and he turns out to be a sweet soft-spoken vulnerable guy you've got to check out his videos they're they're amazing oh my god all their guests are amazing oh and we yeah. promoted a lot of uh uh, live videos of, of a lot of our talented guests. Oh, yeah. So then after Dorian, we went and did something we took a while to work on because the, the, the guy that was coming on is a very busy fella, Tom Janerone, who's also the drummer of the band I'm in called the Smoking Jackets. Limitless energy. He's a restaurateur. He's a lawyer. He's a drummer. Busy. Yeah. That too, in your band. Right. So we decided uh, putting together this thing we call Law of the Band. It was play such a good there. show. Yeah, yeah. We went almost two hours. <laughs> no, we went over two hours. I don't know. It was long. We had two twenty. Two twenty. We broke it. We broke the show up into two parts. I think we but did just yeah. a ton of information and a lot of things that you know uh, people in bands don't think of. You know, if you suddenly get famous, how are you going to divvy out the money? Yeah. You know, I mean, contracts and naming the band and trademarks and. I mean, he he covered so so much material. Amazing, I, in, you know. Where oh, anywhere yeah. is there someone with that degree of hands-on knowledge? You know, you you can have it for the Stones, the Who, the King, you know, those are dated references. But you know what I mean. Matchbox yeah. Matchbox Twenty is a dated reference already, <laughs> but that was a weird reference. Yeah. But but he has it for for the bands who will do our show, right. for the bands who you know won't. To our show, but but his knowledge base is off the charts, and it, and it was cool because it was yeah. two lawyers talking law, yeah. but dumbing it down for the rest of us dummies like me who who you know uh, may not know the legal jargon, so yeah. to speak. And you guys did an amazing well, thank uh, job you. with that show. Um, this clip is 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 funny because it brings up the fictitious Bob's Ale House. Yes, um, and, which and is in our merch our, store. If you go to a merch store, you can get a Bob's Ale House uh, pint glass, which, which doesn't which, exist, right? Which Bob's doesn't Ale. exist. No, there's no such thing as Bob's Ale House. But what Tom does. was referring to, and now I see it all the time that he's mentioned it on the show. Yeah, videos with no crowds. Yes, bands promoting themselves with a video. The music is great. The energy is great. The band may even sound great and look great, but there's nobody there. And if you own a bar. Will you invite them to play? Yeah. You know, you won't. So let's take a look at this clip. If yeah. you enjoy it, Bob's Ale House. I put a couple of graphics on there when we did this. It was really funny. I love Videos and videos with crowds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, yeah, you see the empty yeah. room. Yeah. God. I get, I mean, probably two or three a day I get. And of course, right before summer, it's it's a lot more than that. Yeah. And they'll actually take the time, like the, the video will be titled Killing It at Bob's Ale House. Right. You know, with 13 exclamation marks. And you click on the link, you're like, oh man, this might be a band I miss. You click on a link, and there's five musicians, 
They're not on stage. They're not on the stage, which is fine. So it's a small yeah. room, and someone's taking a video, and they're leaning against the bar, and there's not one soul. It's so great. It's so, I literally just saw a video yesterday at a yeah. club near here. The band was fantastic. Right. There was one person video in the band with their phone. Must have been their father Friends. or son yeah. or friend or whatever. Right, right, and right. And one girl dancing, which is probably the girlfriend or somebody of somebody in the band. And when I say empty, I, nobody else was on the dance floor. There was... 10 feet between them and the rest of the room and and that it was you couldn't see anybody there was no one there incredible well, it, you know it's music you have songwriting musicianship but you have marketing mm -hmm. i mean my dad has 19 patents to his name that's unbelievable and uh, i remember as a kid when you and i used to hang out in the o section in matawan yes he invented the racing dynamometer which was designed for race car drivers to measure their torque when they would be pulling out from a stop. Brilliant idea. And he's brilliant, but the marketing wasn't there. It never really found its audience. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so the band you're describing or the band Tommy's describing, great musicians, maybe great sound. Maybe they have the best sound person ever, right? If they have originals, but marketing is such an important component for me as a lawyer during the day. You know, that's my real job. You know, I could practice great law, but if I can't make the phone ring, I'm not practicing law for any clients. Mm. You know? Exactly. Marketing is critical. Yeah. Know your room and all that. And there, there was tons of, of that kind of thing in yeah, there. Uh, and that's a common yeah. theme on our show. We've had experts on our show. Uh, We'll get the grumpy sound guy. Yeah, he was uh, great. Who had a lot to say. I follow we did, him. Yeah, we did the band amendments. My dad's band amendments were yeah. funny, but they had uh, an anchor in the truth and yeah. uh, pretty helpful. So, after hey Scott, wait, wait, I got to interrupt you. Hey Scott, <laughs> if someone wants to start looking for all this stuff, where will they find it? What What do you mean, our show? Well, I mean, like, so in other words, let's say someone's watching, right? Yes. And they're in a the let's say Liz Roberts is watching, mm -hmm. right? And she's like, you know what? I, I want to watch the Tommy Janarone show and get some tips. How do they sort of surf around and find our various shows? Uh, YouTube. Really there YouTube. you go. Yep. <laughs> is that where you were going? Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> okay. It is. No, and uh, again, the audio is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, everywhere and anywhere. We're on Audacity. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on iTunes. Audible. On Audible. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Music even. So, yeah, everywhere. Apple Music. Oh, somebody jumped in. Ooh. Tommy Chandler just jumped in. Oh wow! Look at that. Let's let's come <laughs> into the room. The timing is perfect. We were literally just talking about Law of the Band just uh -oh. now, just this very second. You don't look like a lawyer right now. No, I look like a, a Kiss fan. <laughs> you get disbarred? <laughs> well, I should be, but they can't find me. There you go. I don't look like a lawyer today you either. Just played the clip of you talking about Bob's Alehouse. Yeah. which was great and and having videos with crowds and i was just saying uh not to reiterate for everybody that's been listening to the show thus far but um how i keep seeing video after video after video now like i can't i can't look away <laughs> empty rooms empty, empty rooms, rooms. yeah one video after another yeah and, and this and the bands are great that's I, the I thing that sucks i think that i think that people to put together those videos should work for flooring, comp uh, flooring companies. 
because they have some. I, I see all sorts of great videos of hardwood floors. <laughs> I thought you said foreign companies. That's like, what I thought too. Now I get it. Flooring so, companies, ladies and gentlemen. You know, yes. Now for our audience, because Scott and I are laughing right now because of the timing. So right, we're we are we're what we call live on tape, which means we're not live, but uh, we're just on tape. So Scott sent some emails out to some of our guests, and because we're very chill on this show. We said, just hop online and join us if you'd like. So the reason why Scott and I were just so surprised is that it's great that Tommy joined us, but he joined us literally seconds after we were talking about him, which if <laughs> statistically if speaking, planned. and it wasn't, <laughs> we have 19 shows to talk about, maybe 18. Scott and I can't count. Yeah, and we're and on he, number five. <laughs> but but <laughs> you came in literally plan. exactly when we were just talking about you as though were planned. That's why everything it is. You know, I, it is. I, I saw the email. And I said, "Oh, that's 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 going to be a problem. I need to be part of that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick around. Well, you're as more long than as you want. Yeah, yeah. I you will, could uh, you could triple host with us. Yeah, exactly. I'm all about that. I'm sitting here reading the my latest legal treatise, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking a mini bottle of wine right now. And I'm still second. dry. I was just telling him how boring it is being dry. And all my friends are drunken assholes. I just figured out because I've been so sober for so many days now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is our next clip, Scott? Let's have next, Tommy comment with us. The guy we had on the show after after the Law of the Band was Matt Bradford. Uh, speaking of sober, Matt was celebrating his sobriety the day he came on the show. That's right. And we, as sort of a tribute to that, and being mindful of that and respectful of that, we did not drink during the uh, show. During that show, right? Yeah. I mean, not alcoholic beverage. Of course, we had something to drink. We didn't want to, yeah. you know. Be I think I made I made chamomile tea for that show. It <laughs> yeah, was, it, but it was a really cool thing. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm an English uh, breakfast guy myself. Oh, I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the stuff. They have a little caffeine going on in there, which is nice. Yeah. So Matt. Um, Builds his own lap steel. So this is a completely different kind of guitar player. And I think he was just fantastic. So we have a little clip of him uh, jamming, as it were, for us. He made a little clip. He was That's so great. he was so cool, yeah. And of course, we had we had that clip up there. That's a slide, yep. Yeah, and we had haters going. That sounds like noise, you know. <laughs> He's so good. He, he can't can't please everybody. I guess he puts a lot of content out there, and I have this internal rule just for me. You know, like it's so easy to just hit like. You know, when something pops up, I will not hit like until I listen to what he does because it sort of forces me. His content, meaning all me. That's all it is. He doesn't. He doesn't talk. He doesn't say anything. He just plays a little clip like that. His work is amazing. And if you look at his head movement, he gets into his zone for 20, 30, 40 seconds, and then he's done. And his playing—it's it, kind of like Larkin Poe, but he has his own little sort of twist on it. Yeah, 
and I love that I've created this little rule for myself because I it forces me to take a little time out of my day to listen, and it's it's wonderful the shit he does. And after uh, Brad, we had Paul Nelson on. We talked about earlier in the show. Paul's a uh, a Grammy winning blues guitar player who played many years with the great Johnny Winter. Uh, they toured all over the world. He's with he's, Buddy Guy now, right? He no, he plays with a he. He'll play different venues, and guys will just come up and jam. Okay, with him. like he's that kind of guy. Like famous, famous blues guys know who he is and want to get in on uh, jamming with him because he's just phenomenal. So I know that they were on uh, David Letterman, and in David's notes, I said I would like to ask him what's it like to play the Letterman show. Do you get to rehearse when you get there? How do you set up? You know, you, they just throw you on to play. It's taped for broadcast. Do they edit it? You know, and this is what he had to say. It was really interesting. Pre-interviewed for that, or how did that go? Nope, nope. You just show up. You rehearse a little bit, and and it's it's taped, but it's live. Another right, live on tape. They yeah. don't. They don't. You make a mistake, it's on. Right, right. And they told us that a, a band the night before came on. And the bass player did a split and ripped his pants. <laughs> and they kept it. <laughs> so oh, I was like, wow, thanks for letting me know that. I really feel confident. That's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, they just throw you up there and you do your thing and you get off and you're off the stage. And that's the end of that. Well, uh, I'm going to pull Tommy into this. So, Tommy, you run, among other venues, Bar A, right? And, yeah. and, and I've been there. Like, I was there when we had that wonderful uh, charity night. Um, I think we were hanging out together and, and you were responsible. What did they have? Like 10 bands, 15 bands that night. It was some crazy. Oh, yeah. So when you're doing that, when you're organizing or not, or when you're setting up your, you're a producer really. Right. Yes. How do you deal with the various personalities who want more time to be ready than you can give them in light of the event? Well, what you do is you don't ask them, you tell them. And you, you just know through years uh, through years of experience, as long as you know, uh, some bands take longer than others. Uh, right. can, you sh- can you share equipment? You know, well, a lefty drummer and a righty drummer, it's going to be it's gonna be a t- much tougher share. Mm-hmm. It's going to require a lot more. Do they have keyboards? Where, what's the t- stage plot like? So the, the secret is you, you, you kind of know how much time it's going to take between bands. And you just need to know uh, how long it's going to take each band based on their personnel, their uh, instruments. But if you're going to do anything that has a lot of bands, putting in a back line is usually speeds things along uh, the best. It, it's really it's about preparation. If you're not, if you can't wing it. It's, you got to be prepared and you say, hey, yeah. look, you guys have 20 minutes and we stay on schedule. And, right. and you know what? I tell you right now, you don't run into that a band playing over and over and you have to give someone the hook. You would think that would happen, but it's happened very, very rarely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And being a being involved in a band that has done some of those things, I, I'm mindful that either I'm going to share the uh, the back line with the other guys or bring if I'm bringing my own stuff, it's got to be small, quick, and I got to get on get it off right away. Well, you know, and speaking to what, uh, what the guest was just saying, Scott, if you recall – when we did the uh, charity thing with the smoking jackets at the pony, we the uh, during COVID the video. Yeah, uh, you guys were great in that, by the way. Well, and- they said, "All right, we set up. We took longer to set up than we did to play." Yeah, and uh, I, I believe uh, what, what, what did we do? Uh, Boys are back. It'll come to me in a minute. 
What was that? Boys are back in town. Well, yeah, boys are back in town. I remember it's like, all right, uh, you're going to rehearse. Well, no, we're going to tape it. And we played the song twice. Like, okay, it's great. That's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I messed up. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We're done. We're off the stage. Another man came in. So David and I, uh, we talked about these intermezzo shows where it's uh, shows in between shows when we're having uh, lag time between guests, which is happening uh, again a little more often, considering the level of our guests is getting higher. So the level of our guests are busier. And it's hard to nail down dates. Plus, I was sick, and Dave was sick, and Dave was away, and and that's why we're we're putting it together a show today, which yeah. is running much longer than I thought it would. But we have to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, we we did something called fake bands. We covered at the risk of being shut down and silenced because of copyright. We took very 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 small snippets of fake bands, and we talked about some of the greatest fake bands of all time, uh, including this one. Uh, so, do you know where the fun is, David? I, I want to find out where the fun is, Scott. Right, That's what I would like. I'll tell you where it is. There's no bodies under those washers. No. They're having fun. That's the way outs. That's uh, the way outs uh, were part of the Flintstones. Um, and I put a little blurb here. So I add little blurbs and things and different uh, information about each little artist, and we covered. So uh, I'm cringing. Everything from the mosquitoes to yeah. the Brady Bunch to the Partridge Family, we covered just about every fake band you can think of. Yeah. Uh, what, what about it was such the, a the banana fun. bunch? The, we had them. Banana splits. Banana splits. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And tra la la. I'm I'm yeah, cringing yeah. right now. I sounded like I was broadcasting from a linoleum bathroom. The, well, yeah, we we definitely increased our game with the about, with the microphones and stuff. Yeah, you don't have to worry about copyright. We'll throw the lawyer hat on because you, if you're 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 using you're using the music and you're speaking of of the music, you, so you're not using it uh, oh, for those purposes. It's an exception to the copyright <laughs> law. You're just like the news. The news can you know can broadcast about a Bon Jovi concert and comment about it while uh, you give love a bad name is playing. So oh, that makes perfect sense. So. It's interesting, and I think it's why I know Tommy does this, and I do this too. I stay in my lane, you know. I sue nursing homes for a living, <laughs> and I don't know copyright law, right. you know. And that, but but my lawyer brain, when I hear Tommy explain that, oh my god, does it make sense, you know? So we're gonna skip over the next one because we, we're running long here. We we did a cheap guitars episode where we talked about um, the value that you can get in some. Guitars that are inexpensive, that are like, I mean, talking about $150 guitars. And we were able to put up QR codes to order directly yeah, from uh, Amazon and so forth. So that was that was really neat. A lot of people seem to enjoy that. And there's Dave's cheap guitar. Back to, back to your roots, Scott. Right? Completely unplayable. Look at how it's separating. It's $25. <laughs> but it's a 1937. Welcome uh, to the mic, genius. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that was good. That's a clip. That's a clip. Um, 20 yeah, twenty-five dollar um, Orpheum guitar written by hand, right here. That's crazy. From nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah, the computer must have been broken in thirty-seven. That's when I do it by hand. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The three D printers weren't working. Probably, That's right. Probably got radium in the paint. And yeah. Uh, Scott's gonna um, be an asshole. He's gonna make that a clip, isn't he? <laughs> Get in front of the mic. I saw him. I saw him looking over. Our next yeah. guest uh, following the cheap guitars episode was our one of our 
fan favorites, Joe Normal. Love the name, love the yep. music. Um, He's he, great. We put up a video uh, of his called Small Town Factory that he filmed outside the Singer Factory in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I think that's where it is. Or was. It actually recently burned down, and Joe was in contact with us. He was like kind of upset because yeah is that work factory there? played a big part in his life as a kid and, yeah. and, and everything so um here he is talking about his video and song small town factory on our show and then one of the things that i picked up on that you did with the video you made the the factory a character in your in your video not just your song and you know i love the way you know you told your story not just through the music not just through your your lyrics through showing us you know that that character that factory it's joe normal you know it's not you know it was very cool i appreciate what you have to say about the video you know like uh my dad worked in the factory you know a lot of our dads worked in the factories our parents did so to us the factory was like this place that we dreaded it was like the final destination for our lives if we don't succeed in this thing that we want to do you know so to me the the factory was this overwhelming presence, you know, this, this hung over our town, you know, in Elizabeth, we have the singer factory, which has been there for like 150 years. Yeah. And now, and now it's, uh, it's gone. Yeah. And you know, Scott, is that singer the sewing machine singer. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. and you know, Scott and I, we're, we were talking today. So I, I, I took a little walk on the beach today, and Scott and I are chatting, and we realized we were doing this show, so we had to stop. But I started to say to Scott, one of the beautiful things about having, first, mo- more importantly in our show is Joe Normal's video, but also on our show, is that who would have thunk that the, the factory would burn down, but Joe immortalized that that beautiful and history-laden building in his video. So. Yeah. You know, you you don't want it to burn down, but it's and it's sad because of all the memories and all the families that have connections. But Joe had the appreciation of what it meant to put it in a video, and we play a tiny little part in, in giving him a, a chance, not just through his song, but telling us, you know, what it meant to him and other people like him. So it's it's there, at least on you know on the internet forever. It's a great song. It's super yeah. catchy. And and I was chatting with them about it after I, you know, listened to it about a hundred times. Yeah. The bass part, um, among other things, is very McCartney. Very mm-hmm. busy, very melodic, very interesting. And he's like, I can't believe you picked up. I'm like, hey, I yeah. play bass, I play guitar, I play drums, I sing. I I'm really don't forget keyboard. Honed into that stuff. So he was really appreciative that I had nice things to say about. Check it out, Joe Normal, Small Town Factory, uh, just pretty much available anywhere. The video, of course, is on YouTube. It's so good. Following that, we had our very first uh, United Kingdom broadcast. That's uh, right. And not our first United Kingdom Ooh. guest, so we were quick to point out. Yep. And during the show, we had a across the pond count. Every time Dave said across the pond, we went dang, and there was a across we the had pond a drink. counter on the bottom of the of the screen i think you got up to 19 across the ponds or nine i forget how many times. yeah yeah uh becky's band fury is uh tearing it up over in the uk and europe they're they've been on tour uh, and they're gearing up for another tour this summer um and i just have a small clip she's just she's just so delightful uh we decided to change the background of our show just for her to uh immortalize her coming on as our first uk guest Scott and I, we have the, if you look at the background on the show right now, this is the kind we use all the time. 
but Scott put something special together for tonight. Here we go. Look at that. <laughs> and then... I mean, she's an amazing bass player. She really is. We talked about her Rickenbackers and uh, her, her her heroes like Lemmy, uh, and uh, she was just just really great. And, and and just and things like, you know, hey, this is this is like a law thing too. Um, why don't you just come to the United States? I can get you in the Stone Pony. And <laughs> and she's like, you know what it takes to go from the UK to the United States? The money and the equipment and where do we stay and we need a visa and all these things i it was no fascinating idea. yeah no idea yeah and, and the other thing that that this is funny like i'm, I'm just talking to tommy right now i like it <laughs> we're like tommy thanks for coming to our party um the thing that really in a good way surprised me so we've got you saw the picture and she has like a very sort of heavy metal glamorous kind of look and she's a, in a heavy metal very heavy band and and much like Nina Di Gregorio, her her demeanor was just very musically and intellectually quiet and mm-hmm. thoughtful, um, and, and very she's very intellectual, and and sort of the label perhaps we might call it the marketing aspect of her career is one thing, and she's doing very well with it. But the minute she opened her mouth, there there was just a real reflective. Um, wisdom filled thoughtfulness about you know her career and in the uk and like scott said a big 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 um wonderful rabbit hole we went down was what it would take for her and her band to come here something i would have never thought of um uh, right big. away i have an extra room in my house and i'm only my <laughs> life so she's squared away the band they can stay in the bus that's it that's right you <laughs> <laughs> say it's scott's house yeah with the, sleep with the 18 golden retrievers so That's after right. becky and the across the pond count we move <laughs> on to dad's band amendments a little uh, uh this is homage a to my dad uh yeah. and and a list of things that uh, he had told me over the years as a musician and we made a list and I, I just said on the show that i told my father all these things and he goes that sounds like something i would say <laughs> dad you did say it i wrote it down uh, so I, I i'm not gonna play the clip because it's just us but that's a great show that that was band, a band fun Menments show band amendments what a great word an asshole too. came up like a gazillion times because that's I part of the band amendments yeah don't be an asshole use dynamics yep. and uh, tommy you came up in that show a lot we talked about you a handful oh, of yeah, times we, we did. in a good in a good way in a good My way. father's very upset with tom that he doesn't put his drums in cases that's a, not a band member but that. that's definitely a thing I was waiting for Doesn't that. Doesn't he put his his drums in cases? What the hell is the matter with that guy? <laughs> um, we did another intermezzo show called Encourage or Discourage. That was about uh, do the people that you see on the internet encourage you or discourage you from playing your instrument. That's right. Yeah. You know, you got six-year-old Caleb playing drums, playing Rush perfectly, and then you can't play Smoke on the Water. You know, so it's it's kind of kind of crazy. I have a question. Before I know you're Scott's doing beautiful live on the spot editing <laughs> i know what he's doing right now and it's good because we're you know we're it's lasting a long time i was in a deposition probably 15 20 years ago i'm editing this out no no it's really good <laughs> <laughs> and i my court reporter's son is Mattocaster, and he was a guitar phenom at like you know 12 or 13 or 14 he's all over youtube have either of you heard of him because he's probably no. now like a 30 year old man all right, clip it, uh, cut no, it out. Not at all, but I know where you're going with that. Yeah. 
Um, after that show, we brought in Rick Taylor of Vintage Guitar. Uh, that was company. a good one. Yeah. Um, they and they've offered us guitars, and we still have to take them up on the offer. Wait, hold They're on. Gonna hold on. Make okay. us uh, a couple of guitars. They and sense. sell it to us at artist prices, but we did get that. Yes. Oh, we get it on camera properly. There we go. This we were talking. They bought the silver tone name, and they've been making these pedals that knock off the silver tone tone. So you don't need right. the amp. You can get the pedal and change any amp into a silver tone tone. That's a very sought it, after tone. It sounds fantastic. And one thing that happened live during that show, and I heard this microphone, microphone. Back, sir. <laughs> get on, Mike. God damn it. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. I've got right here. Or my dog is eating a guitar pick. Bo is eating a guitar pick right now. Hey. I can't get. Wait, Bo's hold on. Part of the show. Here we go. There. See that? Yeah. Right there. That is a vintage amp that I randomly happened to have. I could have done that instead of. But I'm done. Vintage is the brand name of the amp. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. It's where we had the, the guy that runs that company. Yeah. So um, randomly that I got on Facebook Marketplace is an old amp from his company that I noticed in the middle of the interview, which was kind of cool. So doing amazing things yeah. at Vintage Guitar. They, they invited us to NAMM and couldn't go because we're working. But anyway, they were really nice. They offered us uh, a couple of guitars at artist cost. And yeah. they offered me a custom guitar if they want me to build, you know, if they wanted to build one for me. But they're taking the old, making it look keeping the, the the styling the old style vibe if you will but, the, but they're tricked out inside like yeah the electronics and and they work with Trevor the, the legendary Trevor Wilkinson to do these bridges and uh it was there was a whole rabbit hole of different things they're doing over there at vintage guitar it, we geeked out is what we did yeah we talked about is getting to see Leo Fender's uh factory he was invited uh for a tour and you could see he was emotional talking about Leo Fender. Yeah, he really was. And, his, and what a great guy. That's his guy. And, and we, we've done a few shows where if you like to geek out about equipment, mm -hmm. um, that that was one of my favorites. Tone King was a great one. Um, Dylan Talks Tone. Talk Dylan about Talks Tone. That, yeah. that to date is my favorite geek out episode. Great, crazy geeky stuff. We did one hour on guitar pickups. <laughs> And it sounds like it'd be a bore, but it was amazing. I yeah. mean, it goes into that. How many windings, what kind of wire. And, uh, yeah. you know, There's three know. ingredients. Magnets, wire, and whatever right. insulator you, get you all put these on. Different That's different out of it. The windings yeah. and everything. Anyway, here is Rick Taylor talking about seeing Leo Fender's workshop for the first time. The right. guy goes, you want to see something? I said, yeah. He goes, opens this door. And it was a door that went into Leo's office that they haven't touched. Ever, oh. since he passed away that you you go into this room and there's still all these drafts of he was building his own boat and it's covered in dust and then you go through this other door and it's his his room that's pictured many times with the box with all the necks and right. the that he had that had all the pickups that he would try stuff out with god it's giving me chills right now yeah the genius of that man it, oh it's god. it's hard to underestimate how much he did for the industry and the reverence that so many of the great builders um have for that guy you know uh and certainly you look at these designs and and you got guys like trev that improve upon them a little bit and certainly tom anderson and sewer guitars these high-end guys that make phenomenal fender kind of guitars and have tweaked them in their own way 
but the whole idea of having interchangeable parts and being able to customize a guitar easily. So yeah, he was he was he very very knowledgeable and super nice, and he's yeah. also uh, working with us to get us some high end guests for next year. Yeah, he was wonderful. By the way, I have to report in. This is the famous guitar when we had <laughs> Dave Gellis of Blood, Sweat, and Tears on. Uh, Bo, my dog, ate um, three of my uh, potentiometers. Um, That's and they, knobs for you, knobs. Knobs, yeah. And they've never been found. And today, here's what's left of the pickup he just ate. <laughs> he ate a pickup, too. Oh, God. Or, or pick, pick, make... pick, pick, not pick up, pick. The dog's never going to oh, make pick. it as a roadie. No, no. <laughs> I did at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the uh, the, the Fender exhibit, uh, the part of, I don't know if it's exhibit, it's, it's part of the, when I was there, it wasn't a special thing. It was just the regular exhibit for Fender. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I, I stood there and not, you know, not even a guitar player. And I, I, it was probably 45 minutes of reading and I, I could have stayed there for another two hours just yeah. through everything. It's spectacular. Yeah. There's, 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 I mean, we take it for granted. I mean, I, I've got a guitar behind me right here that Von York, the now defunct, unfortunately Von York company, but built by killer B guitars, one of my endorsing uh, companies. Uh, that, that's an amazing Stratocaster type guitar. Um, but the design that Leo came up with is basically there, but it's it's like like uh, Rick said, it's tweaked in their own way, right? And, and and one of the things we've talked about is that so here we are, twenty twenty four. Leo designs that I think in the fifties. Yeah, that basic body design that some guy just puts together seventy five years ago is still the way almost all guitars are. You know, you take Gibson out of the or say fifty percent, give half to give half to Leo half to, um, and then half to Gibson, right? It's 75 years later when we, when we have cars that could drive themselves, you know, mm. you know, a zillion years after we've been on the moon and yet that design, that body design and the idea of, you know, two or three single coil pickups is still standard of the art. And it's, like amazing. A mouse trap. it's like a mousetrap. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And yeah. how to build a better one. And we can't. Yeah. Yeah. So after Rick, we had on Tommy and uh, a good friend of Tommy and I is Don Jameson. Yeah. Uh, Don was uh, gracious enough to come on. He's been threatening to come on. I finally nailed him down to a date where he wasn't busy or playing and or doing uh, That Rocks, which is an internet show that he was doing Eddie Trunk and Jim Florentine, another two pals of ours. And he was hilarious. And that's a show I co-hosted because I thought that Don was going to eat Dave alive <laughs> <laughs> with fart jokes and stuff. Now, he did some fart stuff. He talked about upper decking. Uh, yeah, Dave was a little uncomfortable during was, that with my, um, Because I am a, a lawyer in my real life. <laughs> but I, uh, think the, I think the danger, the danger would lie in, uh, since Dave, you know, at the time didn't really know him that well that he wouldn't know if don was kidding or not right that would be the real danger yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the problem yeah um we, and we talked about how florentine you know uh don't ask him where the bathroom is he'll send you the other direction and shit like that yeah. but, uh we asked on um uh, we asked him to give us his best drunk story and he had this to say about uh marilyn manson's appearance on that metal show we had Marilyn Manson on, and he shows up annihilated drunk at like uh, 11 right. in the morning. We're taping at noon. 
and uh, he's literally drinking from a bottle of his own absinthe. Oh no! He has his thing, Nansinth, and oh. he's drinking his own absinthe. He's wasted, and uh, we get down on the set, and he puts the bottle. You know, he brings the bottle with him onto the set, and you know, the segment producer comes out and says, "Hey, you know, we can't really have that in the in the camera shot." Um, can we get you a cup for that? And he goes, yeah, no problem. So the PA, PA comes over with a styrofoam coffee cup and puts it down on the table and he pours the absinthe in it and the whole thing disintegrated instantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say absinthe is, it has some weird qualities about it. It's a hallucinogen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what Marilyn Manson needs, more hallucinogens. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a walking hallucinogen. So that was a lot of fun. Don Don was fantastic. We had a great discussion yeah. and a lot of laughs. And 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 really that was, you know, we've we've had a lot of shows that have had really great um attendance, so to speak, and that that's way up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He uh he definitely brought the peeps to watch the show. He did. He put seats in the chairs, so to speak, as Tommy would say. <laughs> Except did. Tommy would say asses in chairs, but we don't talk like that on this show. Where, <laughs> let's see. Where is that? I'm looking for another clip. Talk amongst yourselves. All right. We will talk amongst ourselves. Yeah, Don, uh, Don did his album. I helped uh, I helped Don do his album. Uh, I forget which one it was. He did it live at Bar Anticipation, a comedy album. And uh, uh, Ron Bumblefoot uh, Thigh yeah. uh, was on the album. He played the national anthem and then did a guitar solo and everything before. Oh, wow. Yeah, weren't you there? I did. Yeah, I, I managed to sneak in at the end there and get a picture of Richard, Richard Christie that uh, our good friend <laughs> Big Daddy Abel took for us. And he had his finger over the lens of his oh, camera. Oh, no. Over his phone camera. Come on. Really? Big Daddy goes... Oh, it didn't come out. Can we take another one? And and Rich goes in his in his voice. Oh no, oh, man, I gotta go. I gotta go. catch a train. <laughs> that's a, that's a good impersonation. So I don't have a picture of Richard Christie, sadly. Wow, that's my Richard Christie story. So after Don, we had on Gene Potts and Sal Mara of Colossal Street Jam. That was a um, fun one. That was a fun show. Now, I think the surprise. Gene, Gene yeah. said maybe five minutes of talking and sal it was a sal show oh yeah sal he he was shot out of a cannon and yeah and gene just let him go just yeah up. let's let him go off and one of the stories he told us was about playing with leslie west when he was a teenager and this is how it went and we were my band at the time we needed someone to help us you know get a demo together and leslie's like you know what just you know what karen give me 500 bucks tell the guys to come up to austin new york because he had a studio, they, they converted a farm into a studio. Okay. And uh, we went up there and we spent a weekend with him. And we had, I got to tell you, you know, for a 19 year old kid, and it was just, it, we had a great time. He was really a tough character because he's very, uh, he's very abrasive when he talks. Okay. So, you know, I come from an Italian family. So I, I, loud voices don't, you know, I don't even flinch. I'm like, whatever. So right. he got a little nasty. And our drummer at the time, who was acting with Gene, he was our drummer for a while in Colossal. He doesn't take crap from anybody, still to this day. And right. he turned to Les. Leslie was like, to George, he goes, why don't you go in the other room while the musicians work on the arrangements? And my drummer was like, really? He goes, how does it feel to be a hazmat? Right in his face. I go, oh, my God. I'm going to get beat up by Leslie West. <laughs> he was terrific. That's I mean, a great Sal, moment. You have to have yeah. Sal on and just do a Sal show. 
Oh, we had, had yeah. so many stories like that one, uh, helping Steve Winwood and Hammond B fixing the Hammond B. Uh, oh, he was a, and yeah. all kinds of. Uh, and, and it was so easy. All we had to do was say, "Hi, Sal." Sal has <laughs> such Sal has such a big personality. Now, Gene, mm-hmm. who's uh, amazing in his own right, yeah. I, amazing singer. Another big personality, but Sal's personality is so huge. Right. Oh, it was great. You actually, you actually forget what an incredible guitar player he is. Because when you think of Sal, it's not like, oh, he's the greatest guitar player because mm-hmm. he's Sal. And he's so big. But if you ever sit back and just watch him play, it's like, wow. What, what, what a, what a, every project that Gene and Sal do, uh, I'm a fan of. Yeah, we talked about um, Sal's rig and, and how it's really simple and um, – you know, he doesn't use a whole lot of effects, and it's we did a lot of time on that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that. And then, of course, they they just got a record deal, and they have a record out now. Uh, so check that a colossal street jam with uh, Gene Potts and Sal Marin. And before you put the clip on, this is how dumb I am. So Scott and I are emailing or texting before the show, and Scott's talking about Colossal Street Jam. And I think, oh, he, he has a gig, and it's called Colossal Street Jam. <laughs> and I didn't realize, no, that's the name of a band that we're we'll be interviewing them. And I thought, you know, Scott said, I, you know, because I I know all of Scott's activities because he he uh, put me as a member of his personal calendar and his work calendar. <laughs> so I see Colossal Street Jam, and I'm like, all right, I guess tonight Scott has a gig. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was Tom. Tom's able to see my life through my calendar as well. Oh, so you so know, book any gigs. Yeah, it's, you can't have my calendar and Scott's calendar clicked at the same time. It would be—it's like crossing the streams and Ghostbusters. It's like yeah. can't. worlds <laughs> collide. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, you blow up a, a Bob's alehouse somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also you know, Guns for Hire. You might be used to hearing their their cover bands, Guns for Hire. Right. So that, that might have been a, a confusion that Guns for Hire is playing at the Colossal Street Jam. Uh, I was so confused. <laughs> and I thought, am I missing something? Should, and I, I like to watch you guys play. And I thought, oh, is Scott like guest guitar playing at a jam <laughs> session? It's called Colossal. No, we Pupin. have a show to tape tonight. Oh, yeah. my God, that's a show? That's the name of the band? I forgot. Yeah, I was completely confused. So uh, speaking of venues, uh, we had J.D. Everhart, otherwise known across the Internet and especially TikTok as yeah. the grumpy sound guy. He was fun. Uh, I don't know how many followers he's got now. His His videos... He does like a video every 10 seconds, it seems, but it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just, yeah, it's like dad's band amendments on, on steroids. Like, he's yeah, I like very, that self edit, but we got the first part of your very edit. angry guy. So here he is talking about, uh, uh, doing sound for a small room Hey, in, in my reels and my shorts, um, shorts are just about, it's just, here's a list of stuff that pisses me off, you know? And one of them is, um, these venues like you're describing where the band is kind of an afterthought, you know, right. it's not a purpose built venue where you're like a theater where the stage is the center of the attention of the room. Every, the room is positioned to put you looking at the stage. Um, it's really going to depend on the and the guitar player. You know, if those guys can behave and really keep it under control, then what I typically do in that environment is mixed smarter, not harder, you know? So I'm not going to put more in the sound system that needs to be in there. So I may only like put single 18 subs in, maybe only one single 18 sub and just put a little bit of kick in there for presence. Yeah. Oddly, I have to say that, and he was very upset with the sound quality of his interview. I said, 
You're a sound guy, and you called in with a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I could do about it. So his his, you know, his it was an internet was issue. Yeah. But that being said, he had a really great interview. Yeah, and and you know what? It was it was a perspective on geeking out that we hadn't done before. Yeah. You know, um, just a whole different perspective because we've done shows about pickups, we've done shows about guitars, we've about amps. We we this show in the last five years has probably devoted five hours to tubes, you know. Yeah. But we had never done a show about what it's like to be a sound person when you're you're the interface between a band and their audience. Well, you've just we've covered so much on that show, even little things like as a musician, the etiquette that you have to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the respect you have to show a sound guy yeah yeah i'm like you got your stuff set up and you're like hey man i can't hear myself in the monitor like i was doing to you tommy the other night <laughs> tom was working the board in that very room he's in and i'm yelling at him i can't hear myself Listen, i know i'm working on jimmy's thing shut up and let me work on his stuff first i've watched tommy operate he's smooth he's calm in that very basement and i go oh okay, okay. yeah very calm very smooth and he gets it done like I, I've seen like guitar players setting up and the, the sound guy's like two inches from the guy's amp setting up the mic and the guy hits a chord. I'm like, wait, how oh. was that, Scott? What was that? Okay. It was a very well, loud noise. Well, sound guy, you know, when you say sound guy, all you're doing is saying the guy in the band that makes, makes the most money. It's really what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. They, they work really hard, man. All those wires and things. Yes. And when a problem breaks out, you know, as be a feedback issue or a broken mic or whatever the whatever the case may be, or a bad wireless or a battery, whatever it is, they're there. They're on yeah. point and they're on I mean, especially the guys at Barre um and and the pony with some of the bigger venues we play, uh the professional oh, professional yeah, sound yeah. guys, they are they're just on point. And ponies even got their own sound guy just for monitoring and another sound guy for front of house. That's so interesting. That's, that's yeah, two really different crazy. boards, and you know some of these guys too. I've worked with so many salmon over the years, uh, playing in bands, employing them, and just watching how they work. And they really have to take charge. Uh, if, I don't know, Scott. You remember when uh, when we played the Smoking Jackets at Jenkinson's, Bobby DeBolt, who's mm-hmm. who I know since the late '80s, uh, a great sound guy. He says, "You see that line? Don't step past that line." Yeah, he will not let you on the head. stage with a wire. Yeah, nothing. Wow. Stage left guitar, you, (laughs) bass player, you. Completely completely in charge. And and And, you know what? And and at first you feel like, wait a minute, this this asshole's treating us like third graders. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, that was easy and that was fast. And it sounds really good. Really good, yeah. And, And I would think as a sound person, you know, if this band sounds great, Oh, the band sounded great. If there's a problem, what the fuck's wrong with the sound guy? Right. Right. They're going to get the blame, but not the credit, I would yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just heard a story today um, where they put a big band in a small venue. Much That's what Grumpy Guy was talking about. Right. And the band was loud. Well, you got a five-piece band in a small room. What, what did you think was going to happen? Why don't you just hire a trio or a duo, you idiot? Right. <laughs> so... Right. The, the the venue itself was the issue. No matter what the sound man did, he couldn't get this band to be low volume. There's no way you can keep a, a six, seven-piece band with drums and keys and guitars and everything. There's, there's a certain level of volume it's going to be no matter what. Right. That's why he's grumpy. <laughs> I even sound grumpy when I say that. Hmm. So 
And we ended up the uh, we we ran it up the end of the year with a really great uh, special, the Edward. Vigone it was okay. Edward I don't special. know. Wait, there we go. It um, was okay. Which is our highest rated show to date. Something like oh yeah, almost ten thousand views on YouTube, and and I don't. I mean, know they watched the whole of, thing too. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, and we brought Phil X back, uh, Joe Barricada from Joe Barricada Band, who's done a lot of Van Halen shows at Bar Anticipation, but Tommy's uh, one of the owners of. Uh, we had Brad Capanjola and Buddy Blanche, uh, who play Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth, respectively, in a band called Romeo Delight, doing Van Halen covers. Um, and, of course, the great Henry Vaccaro Sr. Our uh, surprise one guest. Of the owner, our surprise guest, one of the owners of Kramer Guitar, talked about Ed Van Halen and how that story came to be is the next segment. And here All right. You had a, a salesman who ran into one of uh, Eddie's oh, people. How how the Eddie thing came about? Right, uh, it's crazy. Okay, Dennis Berardi, who was the president of the company, was in many ways a marketing genius. He could sell ice cream to the Eskimos and sell them ice in the winter. <laughs> so he is on a plane ride to California to meet with the the president of Guitar Centers. When the plane lands, he gets off and he sees a, a young man who's got a tour jacket on. It said Eddie Van Halen World Tour. So Dennis accidentally or on purpose meets a guy in the restroom and says, hey, were you on that tour? He says, I'm Eddie's guitar tech. Fifteen minutes later, they're at Eddie's house. And that's how this whole thing started. That's crazy. From a a chance meeting on an airplane going to California for another reason. So he had a lot of uh, great backstories about Eddie and Valerie coming to the coming to the shop and uh, Kramer and Neptune right here in Neptune, New Jersey. Yeah. It's like from my house. Yeah. Um, uh, taking his whole entourage to Atlantic city and, you know, uh, it was unbelievable money. So he opened a line of credit for Eddie Van Halen. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. And, and my favorite thing on that whole piece of the show was we, you know, Scott and I knew that Henry was doing the show and, uh, but what we did was we, we made it a surprise guest. So everyone, if you look on the screen, was there already except for Henry. We sort of slid him in to the look on Phil's face. Yeah. He was like, was like, he was like a five-year-old seeing Santa Claus for the first time. And he, it was so genuine. You see yeah. the video, David announces who he is and everything. And, and if you know, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, Phil just goes, wow. Yeah. His whole <laughs> face lights up. He goes, I, I have questions. Um, all right, let, let, yeah. let's let's just settle in, and then I'll come back. And yeah, yeah we were we were going to give the whole floor to Phil, and he did, he needed to calm down. He was <laughs> because you know when you think about it, I mean Henry, think of that man's resume. He you know Kramer guitar even before the affiliation with with Eddie. I mean that my one of my first my second or third or fourth maybe fifth guitar, but I had one of those fork neck aluminum neck Kramers. They were legendary and and a little different. So you would think if he ended his career there, he would be in the pantheon of guitar makers, but he didn't. Right. He and teams now, up now, with Eddie. You and know. now he's got the Vaccaro Guitar Company. He's bringing back the aluminum neck, and he talked yeah. about that. He even uh, demonstrated removing the headstock. and Oh, it's crazy. How it's at lightweight now, and you know that, that was really awesome. And, and of course, um, the, the the tribute from all the guys on the panel uh, was was really terrific. And yeah, everybody got a chance to to talk and tell stories. And I told my story when Dad met Eddie Van Hagen 
as he said to us <laughs> and said yeah. thought he was an asshole and uh <laughs> it was a lot of fun everybody had a, a, a huge huge a huge great time for doing that yeah. show thanks to the shorts that you guys have been putting out uh i've been able to catch a lot of these shows not in their entirety right which has always been a problem is i i can never watch the shows just because it's so long and my schedule is just yeah. crazy. Right. It's really cool that you know I catch some of the shorts you guys have been putting out and uh, getting you know getting a flavor for the episodes and it uh, I, I want to thank you for that because no one wants to sit around and listen to me talk about uh, <laughs> rights and bands for an hour and a half. Uh, well, some of us do. I guess we, we do. Well, I guess we pulled it off though. One of the we did. one of the things one of the we were one one of the things I want to do tonight is talking a little bit behind the scenes type stuff, and one of the one of the things that we tried to do this year or last year rather, and this year is yeah. using AI, that awful thing to, uh, divide, to take our shows and make them into little clips. Yeah. So we've been using a program that takes the entire, let's say, even if it's an hour and a half and divides it into bite-sized clips that are no longer than a, than a minute and puts it in the format for TikTok with the captions, as you saw, cause I used some of those clips tonight. Um, and uh and emojis and stuff and it gives it a score and tells you you know how it grabs the viewer or if it's interesting or it's not interesting or what needs to be taken out and you can tweak everything but it's it's given me hours and hours of my life back yeah because yeah. to watch an hour and a half show and divide it up into things that i think is interesting is one thing but it's sort of like having the ai take it apart and uh present to me i think this is interesting and then i can tweak it from there which is a million percent easier and, and you know what i like about it um i mean coming from the perspective that i do think ai will end the world <laughs> on some level um a hundred percent of our show is real you know like this conversation right now will at some point you know be the subject of a bunch of little shorts we put out but all ai you know scott and i are letting ai simply parse it out and do the technological piece of it and you know and put the captions in so if someone wants to secretly watch guitar tales while they're at work they right. could do it with the sound off and just look at it but a hundred percent of our content and the conversations they're organic and they're real and, and we hope you know when the time is right they're heartfelt so ai you know that's a good example of where ai gives tommy and the tommies of the world just a little bite-sized chunk a little recess peanut butter cup because at the end of the day, oh, that's how, something. yeah, you know, that's how we get paid. That's how we get views. Yeah, you think AI is going to end the world though? Because if that were true, someone would have already come back from the future to stop. They, it. That's true. That's true. So, so, so speaking I, I of the run... future, do you want to talk a little bit, David? In in it's sort of we, yes, we, I know what you're saying. I'll say it's it. got to be a little secret, but we can yeah. we can kind of right. allude to I, the right. guests yeah. of the future that we have. So guests we have the future. Yeah. Yeah, that oh Tommy. That's Tommy. That's, that's, Tommy. I can't say I didn't wear this but, by accident. Yeah. Oh, so that so Tommy, that was a great segue. We are working on something. We we have had some degree of con contact and we can't really take it farther than that. So that leaves a very small handful of folks, but and, and, we, and we don't have any promises or commitments yet, but that's right. something we're working on. Yeah. And then, Scott, you talk about the other one. We're working on uh, – uh, we're bringing on Mooch 
to our friend Mooch Andy to talk about AI and and technology ruining the music business. If only he had opinions. <laughs> yeah. you know, he was he was supposed. If to only call. he thought he knew what he was talking about. He, he, we almost had him on, and then something happened. He got sick, or something happened, and and we couldn't put him on. Yeah, he's finally going to speak his mind. You mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We have a, a wonderful artist coming on. She's she's a painter of guitars. Oh come on, talk about the big one, Scott. The big oh, I, maybe one. The big maybe one. I know. You, oh, ch uh, private chat me, so I'll make sure I'm talking about the right thing. Oh, I, I, I'll I'll do it for you. There, there is someone who is, who has a family member who is internationally as big a star as there ever was, and this person is still a pretty damn big star, and we're working on that. Um, we could say that much, right? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. You know, but but what's interesting in, in terms of where we're at right now, you know, and, and we, you know, um, we have a few people we're bringing on who have small towns, small life, beautiful stories. Uh, we have a few people we've committed to because that's really our those are our roots and, and we're never going to look away from our roots. Uh, what we almost take for granted, but won't let us take for granted are lots of people who have been on the show who work with extraordinarily internationally famous people yeah and, and now we're kind of knocking it on the door of just you know people who are household names it's not really what started us but as we evolve the two people we're vaguely alluding to who tom whom tommy is helping us vaguely allude to um it's we, cool because um, yeah the higher the higher level of guests we get um they know people and they know somebody and they know somebody else you know so we we we're trying to book a guest through uh, Rick Taylor, the Vintage Guitar Company. Right, he's got, he's got a whole stable of famous artists that that uh, and bands that you've definitely heard of, which you can't really talk about. But we have all these irons in the fire, and as I said in the beginning of the show, it's harder to nail down some of the higher end guests. Right, it takes, it takes you know what used to take weeks or months can now take almost a year to nail down to date. Yeah. You know, even They're, even even remotely like this to nail, it takes a long time to nail down the date because you're going through management and stuff. You're not directly working with the artist um, like we were in the early days. And it's not it's not even a resistance. It's a matter of connecting. Yeah, and they all want to show it's just a scheduling thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm on tour. All right. So when you're when you're interviewing some of our early guests like me. If yeah. I'm not touring with the smoking jackets, in other words, if I don't have a gig, I'm free. <laughs> right. Well, well, like, like you know, one of our biggest I'm on a world tour. Yeah, one of our biggest early gets was the great Steve Conti. Um, uh, and and he tours Steve, all of to, to to nail Steve down on a day took almost a year. It did. It did. He was touring. I'd love to do it, but I'm in Germany right now. You know, uh, I'm I'd touring love to do in it. Germany. I'm in Switzerland. I love he, to do it. I'm in, I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, I mean, he's touring with the New York Dolls, you know, um, and, and that was one of our biggest early gets. And he gave a phenomenal show. Like that yeah. was that was a lot of fun. And he's a friend of the show now. Yeah, yeah. So at an hour and a half, I think it's a good time to wrap it up and look forward to a great 2024. Yep, absolutely. Like, I like that. Tom time. Yeah, Drummer this is fun. The Smoking Jackets popping in and joining us. And long-time friend of the show. Band, uh, Law of the Band. He's a two-timer. That's like the SNL thing, right? We have the five-timers club. You're the two-timers club. Yeah. The, the two-timers club. 
I love it. All right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> a quick, a couple of quick program notes. We are replaying every every one of our shows live streaming across four platforms now. Every Thursday, Thursday at 7 night. p.m. Eastern. Uh, that would be let's see, YouTube, Twitter, Face, X, whatever. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook. All yeah. those four channels. And every remember, Thursday, you Thursday. could you could get everything audio only. So if you have a long drive in front of you. You can get the audio only, and then you don't have to look at these things right here, which is probably a benefit. <laughs> Our faces, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I like the way you did that, Scott. For for our audio only audience, no one saw me twirling my finger around my face. Very yeah. nicely done. Uh, we got the Guitar Tales merch, including yeah. the uh, the pint glass from Bob's Ale House is available. I think it's like sixteen bucks. It's to be the talk of the town. Yep. Uh, shirts and hats and stuff. Uh, and you can even download the theme song for the show for 99 cents if you want that as your phone ringer. I don't know why we'd want Pen, to do that. Pens by me. Written by David himself. So so to be clear, I have Ooh. never made a penny off of that show. <laughs> Somebody out there has the ability to make us 99 cents. So please, buy, buy my song. Todd, Todd Yasui of Season 2 claims to have co-written it with me. Uh, he's so I'll send him half the money if you buy it. If you buy the show, not if I, I will, represent you, you won't give him half. I'll tell you that right now. I baby. like that. We will litigate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's end the show with Big Daddy Abel of the Amish Outlaws because he's one of my favorite guys ever. Best and, bumper ever. And second oh, yeah. guest ever on Guitar Tales. That's and right. We'll see you next time, right, Dave? Absolutely. Have a great week, everyone. I'm number two. I'm number two. No, I was the second. That's right. I was the second one. The second on Guitar Tales, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching it right now. I'm Big Daddy Abel, the Amish Outlaws. I got to go back to work. Here we go. Tails, my day.